Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to Hey Kerwin, where you have the questions and I give the answers. All right, first question, Ivan Hughes. How can I manage a steady effort in a business when I'm entering a new romantic relationship? <laughs> that is the theme zone for the danger zone. Uh, look, that is the million dollar question. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but the short answer is it's about prioritization. You've got to learn how to balance and prioritize the things that are of most importance. A business, in order to become successful, you know, as a natural consequence, there, there has to be a high level of uh, behavior that becomes almost autonomous in nature. So it creates this level of consistency that where you just keep performing consistently at a level, ideally a high one for a given period of time. And then all of a sudden there's this natural consequence that takes place, which is called success, which is called revenue, which is called profit, which is called money, you know, leads, et cetera, et cetera. Now, one of the greatest disruptors to consistency uh, is relationships, is, you know, falling in love. And because one of the things that we, you know, that I know is certainly based on my own experience is whatever we pay attention to expands. And when you're in the early state, but there's a, there is a, there is an upside. Whenever we, you know, whenever we are in, you know, our business, it requires an enormous amount of attention, uh, significantly more than what would be required to operate in a job. Uh, but then all of a sudden, when a new relationship comes onto the scene, all of a sudden, this, this proportion amount of energy that was put in our business is now fragmented and focused onto, you know, the chemical and the chemistry and the fantastical nature of what happens within your relationship. Because when you, when, when we, when you have a new relationship, there's the psychological um, impact because your, your psychology literally starts becoming distracted and starts running in a different way. You start producing different hormones. You start producing different chemicals because, you know, you're, you're infatuated, you're in love, you're feeling this, this, this vibe. And so as a result, that energy is going to take away focus from the business that's going to be put into the relationship. However, Napoleon Hill in uh, Think and Grow Rich talks about this concept called sex transmutation. And I'll summarize the whole of chapter 13 and say this, any man or woman that has the ability to focus sexual energy onto things other than the act itself can create wealth beyond their wildest dreams and access the realms of genius. So it's a catch 22 here. A new relationship can have a massive, you know, it has massive potential to be an enormous disruption, uh, but it also has enormous potential to actually increase the energy that your body literally physiologically, physically, biologically outputs uh, that when focused into specific things such as business, such as, you know, the work that you do, the deals that you're working on, your marketing campaigns. Like I'm just literally take, talking about taking that energy that is built up when you're feeling that excitement. Like next time you're, 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 you're not with your partner, it's a new partner, and you're feeling like all jazzed up and you're feeling that energy of, of whether it be lust or love or awe or whatever it is, literally take a moment and just start to focus that energy into a visualization around something that you are actually trying to do in your business. And now again, this requires a high level of self-awareness, but a very, uh, you know, a level of focus and commitment to be able to do that. Because most people, you know, when they're, when they're charged up sexually, they're not thinking about business. Like that's literally so, such a, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, Talk about, you know, it's, it's almost like a downer. Like most people wouldn't even think of that. Whereas what I'm talking about is using that energy, using that energy from relationships, using that energy from sexual tension and directing it towards the visualization and the creation of the things that you want in your business and then actually taking small actions, you know, uh, that are aligned with those visions that create some kind of a physical bridge between, you know, the quantum world, your psychology and the physical world. Yeah, that business that I bought, no money down, that had turned over $320,000 in the two years prior to me acquiring it, I did $6.9 in the next nine months. Now, there was a lot of work involved with that. There was certainly no sex going on, so what else was I going to do? But uh, my point being is I just learnt this incredible 
process of being able to channel energy into creation and the sexual energy is like supercharged manifestation energy and as a natural consequence I discovered not only could I do that with sexual energy you know which is charged from a relationship I could also do that you know with anger I could do it with anxiety like I started to realize that every every state whether it be a you know like a state of arousal or a state of anger or a state of fear anxiety or you know um, those those states actually produce levels of energy that when you use breathings can be used to circulate through the body and then with the intent placed onto some kind of a physical creation and then with the physical action it can increase the probability of that manifestation taking place and yeah it's a powerful resource it's not i bet you didn't expect we're going to go all the way around here but uh yeah there's something you can consider uh good luck with that one evon have you seen my father's day present no. how cool is this yeah. my boy sitting at my desk now very happy did you him to make that? I did not force him to make that in a child slave labor camp. JT Christian says, is leaving my job the only way to seek satisfaction overall in my life? Is leaving my job the only way to seek satisfaction in my life? Well, pal, I don't know. What is it that makes you satisfied? Does your job... That's a really interesting question. And let me tell you why. Because ultimately, in order for you... This is a self-awareness question. Like This to me is an indication of um, a, a level of almost a supreme lack of self-awareness. And I don't say that to criticize you. If anything, I say that to give you a bit of a jolt to wake you up. Because one of the things that you need to understand is you need to know what it is. What it is. Because can you repeat that question again? Like just one more time. Is leaving my job the only way to seek satisfaction overall in my life? So first of all, you need to know what is it that does satisfy you. Because once you know what does satisfy you, then you'll know the many different ways that you can actually go about getting yourself satisfied. And you know, if you happen to know that the only way for you to feel satisfaction is to be not working in a job, then perhaps that will allow you to, to, to feel a higher level of satisfaction. But ultimately, my friend, you need to spend some time with yourself. You need to become very familiar with who you are. You, know, you need to become very familiar of the things that you think, the things that you think about, the things that you read about, the things that you talk about, the things that you fantasize about, the things that when you're doing them, you know, you lose time and space uh, and start tuning into the things that are of natural value to you. Like then, because ultimately, we all have a set of values and whether they're, the only difference being is some people are conscious of these values and other people are unconscious of these values and values are things that are important to us and the more conscious we become about the things that are important to us the easier it is for us to become satisfied by actually having those values met but if you're unconscious of what your values are if you're unconscious of the things that are important to you you'll be going around like like literally like a blind dog in the dark looking for a bone hoping that you'll sniff something that smells good but when you bite it you know maybe it might taste good but uh, yeah, but for me, you, you, you've, you've got to know you. You've got to know what it is that, that satisfies you and what will satisfy you are the things that, that, uh, that are important to you. And the thing, how do you know what, what's important to you is you, you become familiar with who you are. And by becoming familiar with who you are, you find out what these values are. You find out what your drivers are. You know, and that's, it's a motivation question for me as well. Like a lot of people think, well, maybe I'll be more motivated if I leave my job. Well, no, you'll be more motivated once you understand who you are. When you understand what your drivers are, when you understand what your values are, because when you understand what your values and your natural drivers are, it's very easy for you to, to, to do those things. And as a natural consequence, you'll be motivated. You know, most of us, if not all of us, are unmotivated to do the things that aren't important to us because a value is a motive. It's a reason to do something. And if you're not doing something that you want to do, then there's no value associated with it at a neurological level that is promoting or provoking that behavior. Uh, and that in itself is, is, is the biggest issue with most people when it comes to, well, I want to make more money. Most people aren't motivated to make more money because money isn't a genuine value. Now, if money isn't a genuine value to you, that doesn't mean you can't make more money, but you just need to find the thing that when you do it, that you love, that's important to you, that when you do it at a high level as a natural consequence with the right commercial framework, as a natural consequence, it produces income and it produces money. Like I know myself well enough 
to know that I don't value money. Like that money to me is not something that I value. You know, I don't sit there spending lots of money. I don't sit there obsessing about money, you know, but what's interesting is I have a lot of money and I don't say that to, to brag. I say that because what I do is I focus on the things that I love that I'm very good at, but I've put a commercial framework around it. Whereas a natural consequence of me focusing on what I love and what I'm good at, money is produced in very large volumes, multiples of eight figures every single year that allow me to then take that money and invest back into things that I absolutely love and enjoy doing. So for me, you know, you've got to get to know who you are. And honestly, you can't fuck that up because you work with the worst case scenario. You just get to know you better. And that honestly is probably one of the greatest gifts you could give, not only yourself, but everyone around you who knows you, uh, not only as a, as, a, as a point of difference and inspiration, but also as, yeah, just a, a general soothing balm. Because like, I honestly believe consciousness is, 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 is literally the greatest hope that we have when it comes to evolving as a species, uh, as a planet, uh, and and as, as communities, the more conscious we become, uh, the more naturally the more naturally aligned we are to behave, you know, and to do the things that uh, you know are right. And I think conscious people often do the right thing. Yeah, hopefully that helps, pal. Get all zen and shit. Yeah, JT Christian, you're welcome. Uh, all right, we got a uh, health question from Madison on Instagram. Madison or Madison? Madison. Madison. That's cool. Madison. I've noticed your fitness transformation and you mentioned intermittent fasting in a lot of your videos. What are, what are the benefits of intermittent fasting? Oh my God, where do I start? Uh, for those of you playing at home, you've never heard about what intermittent fasting is. Intermittent fasting, like just so you know my origins, like I, I started fasting back in uh, early 2000s. Uh, I think it was 2001 I did my first fast and I did it because I got really sick. I broke out in all these uh, pimples and I was like, I was really ill. Uh, and I basically, I had a friend of mine, he literally handed me a book on fasting. And I started reading that book. I'm not kidding. It was like a, it was either a Saturday or a Sunday morning. And I started reading that book. From the moment I read the book, I stopped eating for the next five days. And I just did a water fast for the next five days. And it was incredible. Uh, and then about 12 months later, I, I basically got myself into a rhythm where f from about 2001, that was in 2000, about 2001, I started going to this place in Thailand where I'd fast for seven to 10 days, twice a year. I'd normally go there twice a year. Uh, and I discovered that the health benefits for fasting were incredible. Like apart from the obvious ones, which were, uh, which were weight loss, which was never my goal, but it was just a nice natural consequence. Um, the, the, the impact on your immune system is incredible. The impact on uh, your mental clarity is astounding, but also the impact on your energy levels uh, and just your natural levels of energy is, is quite profound. But what I discovered doing it you know, twice a year, I basically, you know, six months, I'd, I would do it and then I'd you know, be nice and lean and very healthy. And then six months later, I'd, you know, I would have put on a whole lot of weight and it would have become very unhealthy and I, my body needed to fast again. And it's a great detox as well. And so I decided to shift into intermittent fasting and it'll be three years in January that I started intermittent fasting where I basically now instead of fasting for seven to ten days twice a year I now fast every day but I'm doing it for about roughly about 18 hours a day and so during that 18 hour window uh, that 18 hour fasting window my body has converted into becoming a fat burning machine versus a sugar burning machine so as a natural consequence of that I have very high levels of energy because my body is constantly burning a fuel source where there's, there's plenty available uh, and as you know as uh, other benefits the, the body just becomes a lot more optimal think of it this way when, you, when your body is in fast uh, it literally starts to feed on itself. So whenever you have, and when you consider the cause of most disease is damaged cells and damaged cells that proliferate become almost, I guess, cancer in many ways. And so what, what happens is when you've got damaged cells in your fasting, you know, you, your body literally starts to scavenge and the, the places that it goes first to scavenge are those damaged cells. So your body literally starts to scavenge on itself. But the first, you know, one of the first fuel sources that it goes to is all the, all the damaged cells in your body. So it literally starts to clean up 
your body. Uh, it's been linked to, you know, uh, to preventing early onset Alzheimer's, early onset Parkinson's. Um, it has, you know, been shown to be able to have huge increases on uh, different hormones and be able to balance out hormones, but also decrease the hormones that are associated with, you know, with certain cancers. Uh, I, I honestly just can't emphasize enough the, the, the physical benefits, the mental benefits, the spiritual benefits. Uh, it literally has been a complete and utter game changer for me. So for anyone who's thinking about it, like just literally Google intermittent fasting or Google fasting and just start learning about the process and you know, start learning a little bit more about ketosis and how the body can transfer itself from burning sugars to burning fat, what the implications of that are when it comes to having consistent levels of energy. Uh, learn about what's happening at a mitochondrial level and how your body is actually starting to rebuild itself in you know, more healthy and, and, and more effective ways. You know, there's a lot of information, um, you know, too much to get into in, in a very short period of time here. But if you're interested and you just do a little bit of a Google search, you'll be amazed. There are different windows, there are different protocols. You know, you can do eight hour, sorry, 12 hours is basically the baseline per day. Uh, but you can do anything between 12 hours up to 18 hours. 18 is the magic number because some really magical stuff starts to happen after 18 hours. But, you know, just find out what works for you. I think for the first 12 months, I was doing like a, um, a 16 hour window, 16 hour fasting window, 14 to 16 hour fasting window. And then over time I built up to the 18 hour fasting window, which I do now. So I normally have my first meal around two o'clock and my last meal somewhere between six and eight. Uh, and then I'm fasting for the rest of that period. At first, you will get sugar cravings, you will feel hungry, but it normally takes about two to three weeks once your body becomes fat adapted, all those cravings start to fall away and you just get levels of mental clarity and levels of energy that most people dream of. And it's, you know, caffeine free, so yeah. Thanks for listening to Hey Cohen. If you would like your questions answered, don't forget to use the hashtag Hey Cohen on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.